Hello and welcome to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we are getting dirty and getting rotten. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, I guess okay. so. <laughs> this week, we watched 1998's Frank Oz directed, I just found out, uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, starring Steve Martin and Michael Caine. <laughs> Very good. Actually, I'm going to do that problem. poorly, repeatedly, I am sure. And also Glenn Headley, the sadly late oh, Glenn Headley, as we found out when we looked her up and said, what else has she done? I mean, since we haven't seen enough of her. And then I found that she passed last year to a pulmonary embolism. So. Rest in peace. You were my favorite character in this movie. Maybe? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about anything before we get started? Or do you want to go right to the movie? Um, how was your week? It's good. What'd you do? I went to Reno. We're doing this in the okay. future. So, it's so time let me travel. think. It's actually two weeks out. I went to Grover Beach to play board games. And it went super. <laughs> I like this. We're timey-wimey. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, stayed home and watched movies. Decorated the house for Christmas. Decorated the house for Christmas. I wrote a book. It must be and true because we're saying <laughs> Avoided the cold. It was so cold and rainy. Yeah. Which is kind of good. The last time that we... I think maybe we mentioned this the last time that we were recording. There was a huge fire going on. It was on. a few times ago. Now, big fire. Now, all the wind and cold and rain. It's and, good. Uh, and I also feel like it's already rained more this year than it did all of last I year. I believe so. I think it really did because it, it, it didn't really get that bad. But it was just, and it was an abrupt, sudden rain that came down and, and ruined my evening, basically. But <laughs> Well, so by the time this airs, it might be sunny and Probably not warm. I think we've we've left warm behind this year. Yeah, I think, I think it's this is the end of it, and it's fine. And we are weak when it comes to the cold because yes, we are talking about in the forties. So I have a friend who is living right now in New York, and she told me that she woke up to three degrees below zero. That's too many degrees below and anything. I have no, and so when I complain about the cold, I'm like, no. Yeah, I know. I know we're spoiled, but also. This house, if it got much colder than it does, we would be in serious trouble. So yeah. we are grateful with I'm our non-insulated happy. selves. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's. I, I don't think I could. Uh, I don't think I could deal with degrees below zero. I, I, my teeth are chattering as it is. In real time, I'm going to drive through snow for the first time tomorrow. So wish me luck. I'm scared, but it should be fine. It should be fine. We'll go slowly. Stephanie's going to have to go 30 miles an hour. It might kill 30 her. 30 miles an hour. I don't know the last time my roommate drove 30 miles an we hour. We can walk beside we the car. We have a school across the street, and I don't think she drives that slow on the street that we live on. It's a lie. She does. Of course she does, because otherwise she'd be taken out by potholes, and yes, the end of her. Yes, we don't have a street. We have a collection of potholes that stretch from here to our job and our our uh, our, our places, our eating establishments. Just yes. a line of potholes. And the job is to actually drive your car on two wheels as avoiding the potholes <laughs> that like may lead to hell because they're so deep. But anyhow, yes. Into the movie? Are we yes. getting dirty that, and That's our now? weird fantasy week. Yes. 
And it, I didn't realize it was a remake. I didn't realize that the original characters were... Um, I, and this is funny, because I, I, I found this out. It was originally a vehicle for Doris Day, Cary Grant, and Rock Hudson. Oh, that's an interesting Which is an interesting triangle. Is it also called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? It was called Bedtime Story. Mm. And then there was going to be a remake with Mick Jagger and David Bowie. Oh, that would have been different I'm trying to imagine who would have played which part. Of course, I imagine that Mick Jagger would be the raunchy kind of... Who was older? I don't don't think it was a case of older. I think it was just a case of... uh, But one of them is, like, at least in this one... Steve Martin specifically targets mm-hmm. Lawrence's age as his weakness. The fact right. that Steve Martin was younger than him and better looking than him. Right. And uh, which he wasn't. I, I <laughs> he was like, yeah, no. He said it and I was like, no, he's not. And then I was like, maybe he is? I don't. Like, I really couldn't look at either of them and go, that's well, the hot stuff of this group. Michael Caine, have you ever seen Michael Caine as a young man? Okay, he was a very pretty man when he was young. Yes. And so I think that, I mean, when you're watching Alfie or something. I just never so, thought of Steve Martin as attractive. I, but, I, I mean, he's a good-looking dude. I also still, to this day, the first thing I ever saw Steve Martin in, I think, was Roxanne. Uh-huh. And so I see him with that fucked up nose. That nose. Like, even when he doesn't have it, I, for some reason, think his nose looks weird, so... Well, he, um... So, originally the film was... So, there had been versions of the film that were supposed to be made... Apparently, it was made at one point with Marlon Brando and um, David, David Niven. Niven. Yeah. So, I can... That I can see completely. One person who completely lacks polish and the other person who is all polish. I'm so polished that, you know, people slip off of him when they touch him. But, Ew. Greasy. <laughs> oleaginous. Yuck. That's the word I'm looking for. That's just a real long, obnoxious word for oily. Yes. Can you not? <laughs> oily is a great word. It's mostly vowels. Oily. 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, so. Um, okay, so. What is have, the movie about? We have two characters. Well, we okay. start with one character. Right. Jameson. Nope. Lawrence Jameson. That is our Michael Caine character. Mm-hmm. He's, of course, in a casino because all of these movies take place around casinos. Where else would Michael Caine be, I think? I guess. I don't know. So he's on the Riviera and he is conning a woman into, well, bed, but also giving her his, giving him her pearls and whatever else she, money-wise, she can give him by saying that he is the prince of some country that does not exist, and that he is raising money for freedom fighters. Freedom fighters. And he's like, oh, I can't take it. The men are too proud. They'd rather die than take charity. And then she's like, what about the women? Well, the women are just as proud as the men. They fight alongside them. They would also never take take their children. And then, of course, she's like, but the children, the innocent children. What about the children? For the children, I'll take these. This and and then they end up sleeping together, and it's just like ew, <laughs> so gross. But also like, bitch, you dumb. Like you've known this dude for three and a half minutes, and you're trying to believe that he is a prince of anything. 
I need papers if you're going to tell me that you're the prince out in the world. Well, what he does is act like a prince. He acts like you would expect one to act like. Well, he's like, he'll take off a ring and ask his cohort, mm-hmm. can you see what they can get for the royal, or, you know, can they? Can you right. see what they'll give you for this ring? And the, you know, the cohort asked it acting as his uh, valet or valet. Valet. I think it's actually pronounced valet. Um, I've been misled all this time. Is, I don't this is a downtown abbeyism, I think. Um, but he'll be like, the royal ring, sire. And then <laughs> I'm like, okay, he just goes, do, shh, do you not do you want her to know? And I'm like, you want her to know? <laughs> so it's just like, but it's so over the top that I'm just like, how are these women not just like, are, do they know they're being conned and they're just like, nah, I'm good with it? I see. I, yeah, I don't know exactly what the case is. I really feel sort of like they fall into a fantasy. That's what, it, that's what it feels like. He says like. later that he specifically targets a certain a kind certain of kind woman. Of, yes, definitely. With a lot of money to give. And so, and before you even hear right. anything from this woman, actually, you hear sort of a voiceover of his, fr- his you know, associate. Right. Giving him basically his target. You know, Fanny so-and-so of, she's married, but she, oh, before we meet his first uh, female mark. Uh-huh. We get his cohort saying, you know, it's Fanny so-and-so of the Omaha so-and-sos. And, you know, she's married. This is her second marriage. Her first husband died at, you know, at the age of 85 or whatever, and she clearly is not an 85-year-old woman. And, um, you know, she's she's gold-digging her current husband, and she sleeps with anything. It's like... Super corrupt and eminently corruptible, or something right. like that. So rich women who are gold diggers themselves, and he targets them. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's making him more sympathetic than you would be. And if he older, was just a guy. typically yeah. not young. Although they're not old. They're, no, 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 no. I'm talking. When I say older, I mean like my age. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Thirty-five to fifty. I'm not talking about old. And I guess even fifty is probably pushing it at this Megan time. Because Megan Faye is one of them. And she's very young. And we the, the, we meet later on. Is uh, that the one that bows and won't stop bowing? No, no, that's oh, okay. uh, I forget her name. Is it Barbara? U- uh, Penny Banks is that the name of the character? I I forget. Anyhow, but going into the film, uh, he only has one rival that he's no doesn't know about and he's never met. Another con artist called the Jackal. Yeah, the Jackal, jackal. is being I was named make in a jackal the newspapers. Noise, and then I realized I don't know what a Jackal. I was. I think they no. no. It's Something. probably oh. like a. Cackling That's bark. That's a seal. <laughs> Note to self. Hey, editor Amity, <laughs> find what a jackal sounds like. Right, Drop it here. <laughs> that sounds like a seal being <laughs> choked. So yeah, he's making. There's a, a a con artist called the Jackal mm-hmm. that is making the rounds of the Riviera. R- Riviera. That Very, is right. Not. And, you know, his whole thing is, well, how clever could they be? Or And is he, could he be to be in the paper? Like, that's not... <laughs> right, you're supposed to not be noticed. No, you keep that shit on the DL. <laughs> but he runs into, um, he's returning home on a train, and he meets Freddie Benson, who is, like, the worst small-time jerk. He really is. And I, I, I'm really, I get, I'm on the fence about Steve Martin. I don't really like his style of just overplaying things. Yeah. And it kind of works Although here. that scene 
<laughs> we'll get to it. The table is so good. Yes, but so. it works here because he's playing just like an obnoxious jerk who is doing stupid, stupid things, like completely humiliating himself to get a sandwich, you know? He's yeah, like but really also just, but it's not a sandwich. It is small-minded, but like, he says that he can't, you know, he sits uh-huh. down at a woman's table. He finds a single woman sitting by herself in the in the dining car. Right. Um, and he sits down and he says, can I sit here? And then he gets the menu and he's like, oh, the prices. I'll just have water. She's like, well, you should buy something. You look hungry. You look hungry. Well, he says he's famished. And, right. and uh, then he starts going on about he's saving his money for his grandmother's surgery. It's always his grandmother's surgery. <laughs> like, that's his fallback thing. Hey, ladies, if a dude you met three minutes ago starts talking about his grandmother, she doesn't he's exist. conning you. Um, and so he's like, she's like, well, let me, I'll get you a meal. It's on me. And he orders like 14 things. He orders like <laughs> enough food for two days. And he's like, he, he, at one point he goes, two beers. Actually, you should have a beer. Three beers. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? And I like how generous he is with her money, too. You should have a beer. You, yes, right. right. And so he gets that, and then he get, then she gives him another 20 bucks or something, and he's right. so thrilled with his 20 bucks, he's, he ends up sharing. And, and Michael Caine has overheard this entire thing, and is like, this he, is a fucking he, grifter. He like, does not approve, because no, this is so... he's just, like, tisking. Right. He's so small time and so obvious, and, like, yeah, if anybody falls for it at all. Well, he's fine. He's like, you do you, but like, keep it moving, Sonny, because right. ain't nobody got time for this. this is bullshit. Right, because he's concerned that it's too small an area, this this town where he lives. What's it called again? Beaumont. Bo- oh, no, I forgot it now. Right. Bo- Beaumont sur Sur Mer. So yeah. sorry are, to the French speaking. We are massacring this pronunciation. Beaumont sur Mer, something yeah. like that. I have no idea what where that that sounded like Ronald Coleman speaking in French. That's the other thing. There is a conversation that they have on the train that is so fucking misogynistic and right. gross. Right. And I don't know if Steve Martin Kitt's character really believes this or if this is just the line that he gives to dudes. Uh-huh. Like it's so over the top that I'm like, does anyone actually th- like think this? This feels like an onion piece. It right. did it like it was that. Women had relied on men for so long that it was time for them men to rely right, on women. Right, so They're the weaker men are the weaker sex. They live, they don't live as long. Uh-huh. I can't. He gives another thing too, and then he's like, "It's women owe men because they've had it too easy for they've had too it too long." Easy, so they actually, yeah, it's, which is really which kind is of like, like a a proud boy conversation yeah. or something. Yes, it's, it's it really felt very much like an insult. Like this is thing. his rationale. I'm like, is this real? Is he goofing on him? And then Lawrence portrays himself to be... No, Lawrence says again, Michael Caine. Oh, Lawrence, sorry, Michael. Lawrence Let's Jameson. go with Lawrence Jameson. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. <laughs> and he is like, oh, I'm married, and I definitely, you know, you've got interesting ideas, chum, but I'm going to go give my wife a call because I like to let them know they're coming. He's like, oh, you really got you on a leash. And, ugh, yeah, so right. But the fun, again, knowing that Mr. Jameson does not have a family, nor does he... No. He has a, a crew of people that he pays out. We see that happen regularly. Yeah, there's at least three of them. He has these employees. He's rented a villa, I believe it's called. I don't think he rents that. You think he owns it? I do. He could very well own it. Um, 
Actually, now that I think of it. But he meets him, and it's sort of a meeting of exact opposites who have the same occupation. Same occupation, but like... Right. One is the lowest of rents. All right, here's a good one. And one is parallel. the highest of rents. The end of I, Ed Wood. I, mm. There's a scene with Ed Wood talking to Orson Welles oh, on a table. Okay, yeah. And yeah. you're like, yeah, that's kind of what this is. Like, I mean, is. you are equals? <laughs> you have the same profession. You're not, though. You're like two sides of a seesaw. Right. Like you're the same thing, but what is significantly it's like higher? Two sides other. of a very thick coin. You know <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's yes. very funny. Um. So yeah. So and so yeah. Steve Martin says, "I'm gonna chill in the city," and he and Lawrence is like, "Oh, I'm great. I'm gonna go call my wife." And then, of course, he doesn't call his wife. He calls for backup. So, um. Steve Martin and he are pulling up to the right. train station and they look out the window and like fucking the wolves with the awuga eyes and the old cartoons, right. they just, their heads turn because they very lovely young woman. is One of those intriguing French women that you meet in a con in movies. Yeah. I don't know if this happens in real life. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> is getting on the train and she comes to their um, thing and she's the, like, I'm going to Portofino. And she's also so chatty. I'm going to Portofino. What are right. you guys doing? And and uh, Steve or uh, Michael Caine is like, we're, we're gonna knock it. Excuse me. And Steve Martin's like, um, actually, my grandma lives in Portofino. You're going to Portofino. I'm going to Portofino. And that same suffering. So Michael Caine is like, deuces, motherfucker. <laughs> now, this is something that I got that I really appreciate about this film: the continual gamesmanship that's going on, and. I actually really like it because it was very. I can see where this was an earlier film from a yes, different age. Yes, for and sure. I can see like David. It Niven. felt like a movie from the forties, right? But it was like a good movie, the same way that Heaven Can Wait worked. Right. Translating it from a forties film into a a seventies film. Yeah. The same way that that worked, because sometimes you hit the wrong note and it just goes wrong. Yeah. But the casting in here was just right enough to where you have. One again, very polished man, and one that's just sort of incredibly rough around the edges. Right. And how they kind of do this constant game of screwball one-upsmanship. Um, but yeah, so they, as it turns out, so now, where does Jameson see Freddy again? In jail, Freddy calls him from jail because right. he is. I don't remember why he's picked up, but he's arrested. He's arrested on false charges because, remember, Jameson has friends in the police department. Right. Because he gives them a cut. Right. And um, he says, oh, I'm friends with somebody who lives here. They can vouch for me. Oh, I know what it was. He got busted because he was taking money from one woman and Mm -hmm. then going out and carousing with other women. Right, and then he and got the first woman got to flip busted, on the, right. Yeah, and so she called the police on him and like, that money is supposed to be for his grandmother once again, ladies. And again, he's just Don't. so vulgar enough that he's standing out on the beach and Steve Martin, and here's a gift of maybe people like Steve Martin and uh, what's his name? The very tall comedian, Blades of Glory, whose name I'm thinking of. Which Do you mean Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell is... You say tall, and I think Peter Serafinowicz, yeah. but you mean Will Ferrell. Is it... And, it, and again, this is, sounds horrible, 
they play into their unattractiveness at times. Oh yeah, for sure. For jokes, so it's a, Steve they, Martin, they may lead into the grotesque. Is impossibly pale. He's setting, very pale. Surrounded by these really and wearing very small swim shorts. So he looks swim even more pale. He sort of yeah. looks like the uh, abominable snowman, and he's on this beach with another one of these tanned French beauties trying to impress her. Right. And it, that scene kind of burns itself in your memory because he's <laughs> yeah. just so vulgar. So he gets scooped up, put in jail, mm-hmm. and then is like, oh, I'm friends with, you know, we're best friends. I met him on the train or whatever. And then he comes up with his name after. Eventually. <laughs> Uh, just a scene of, which I think was probably... A little too long. Uh, yeah, but I think it, it felt a little like a family guy bit. Right. Um, in, in its length. I think it was also improvised. Yeah, probably. I think it was Steve Martin sounds like an ass for three to five minutes. <laughs> it wasn't three to five minutes. It was a it, cool it minute like and a half, right. though. It was just long. keeps going on. Of him, like, not getting the names right and then finally being fed the name. And Jameson and comes, Michael King comes, and right. he's like, you know, I will, I'll cover you. You know, I, I'll get them to lower everything. You'll have to send them $5,000, but, you know, you got to get on a plane right now. And again, it's, it's uh, even then, it's the guy's so stupid, they have to feed him the name. So that they can go on with their scam to get him out of yeah. town. Yes. And then he's getting ready to go, and a woman there is like, oh, how do you know the prince or whatever? And he's like, what? And that's the giveaway. <laughs> and then he's outed, uh, Michael Caine is outed to Steve Martin as basically his dad. <laughs> Gross. But... Uh, uh, the more mature version of him, and so he does not leave. He goes to the villa, and he like just shows up, and is like, "I live here now. Give me your money," which they're not gonna fucking do. Uh, but they also have to kind of placate him because he could out him to everyone, right? And then that'll <laughs> ruin his time along the. Um, well, not to mention Riviera. he'll go to jail. I mean, well, I don't know. He has friends in the police department, so I don't know. True. That's I think that he, the real threat is to his livelihood. Right. So this is when uh, Lawrence uh, takes him on as a pupil, and there's a there's really some good scenes, re- here. a really funny montage of Michael Caine showing this kind of suave middle-aged or just past middle-aged kind yeah, of probably. glamour. And Steve Martin aping it, just not—I mean, failing, just failing to walk. He just does everything (laughs) at about a hundred and ten percent, right? Which is way too much when you're trying to be subtle and shit. But it's a very good. When you see it, Michael King's doing a lot of funny stuff with like little tiny gestures, and uh, the bit with him resting his hand in his pocket and Steve Martin can't find the pocket. There is no pocket, so he's still gonna. Yeah, he's wearing a cardigan. Yeah, there's some good physical comedy. There is, and it looks like they had fun together. Yeah, I'm sure they did. And Frank Oz, it just appeals to me that Miss Piggy must be a hell of a fun director to work with. You I know? guess. Also Yoda. Yoda. But, I mean, I, I'm guessing that his, judging from what went with Jim Henson and how wild the Muppets were, Yeah, frankly, no, that's true. Is that he, I get the impression that because the Muppets, a lot of that was spontaneous. Right. Interacting with um, the guest stars on the Muppet show. Yeah. And they so, were doing improv with them. And so they really, I think that... Which, how hard is that, man? Right. I've got to do improv as a pig that I'm holding above well, my head. Also, like, they really like Michael Caine <laughs> because he came back 
twice, I think, to do Muppet films with him. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. He did the he Muppet. He was in the Christmas Carol. Right. Uh, no, which is to You'll me. You'll cry. You'll okay. cry forever, but it's my favorite Christmas movie. The Muppet also, Christmas Carol. it's super Carol. hard to find. This is how I became aware of how good Michael Caine was. There is a scene in the movie where he's being taken by the ghost of Christmas past to it's remember. The Christmas past scene. Right. And he's remembering the scene where he had to say goodbye to his uh, his first love because he's going to go on a career to make money and he can't support her as a, a poor man. And so Michael Caine, the Ghost of Christmas Past, are looking on on the scene and the he's singing, the young Scrooge actor playing the young Scrooge is singing to this woman this song about how he's leaving her behind right? and how she's leaving him. And then she responds to him about how she's leaving him. And when this happens, Michael Caine actually stands behind her, being a ghost that she can't see, and starts singing along with her, with tears right. running down oh, his face. Oh my god, you're so upset! <laughs> but it's like, oh my god, I'm like, this is the Muppet movie. Right, and it's, it's a, yeah, this is a Muppet movie. I should not really be getting to me. in my retelling of the Muppet movie, ever. But Y'all, the Muppet Christmas Carol's the best one. really good. <laughs> But it was amazing to me to see how he could pull this out in the middle of this movie. And I think that's why Jim Henson liked working with him, he said, because he just took it really serious. Yeah, he, he was not there. See this any he was there from... to do what, it, right. what What are we pretending today? Right. Because nothing is more ridiculous than anything else in their job, right. really, when you think about it. I think the biggest deal is not laughing out loud when a shrimp is talking to you with a Cuban accent. Mm. But... No, no, it's, uh, the thing was, it wasn't Cuban, uh, the puppeteer's mom, well, stepmom was Portuguese. Oh, okay. And so she Oh, was, so he was doing his mom? Every, ending every sentence, I think she said was, and that's it, or that's all, or something. And so he just started picking up her mannerisms. And right, of course. Yeah. Doing this as a character, and they're like, oh, please go with the shrimp. Excuse me. But anyhow. Um, it's not racist. It's no, no, specific. It's, not, it's very specific. <laughs> He's honoring his mother Those are different. Those are different um, things. But anyhow, so... Uh, Michael Caine, again, must have had a lot of fun. I imagine that working with Steve Martin, who's a member of the SNL cast from way back when, must have been a great improviser. And between yes. them and the director, they must have had a lot of fun Steve with Martin those Steve Martin is scenes. a puzzling he's figure to me. Yeah. Because I have a feeling that he's probably very serious. He is Like also, in his day-to-day. Right. He is also really, really, really smart. Yes. But, like, the things that he writes is so different than that comedy persona. It's right. so different than how he is in, you know, he's done drama stuff, too. A lot of what he's written in. Right. It's just, he's a puzzling figure to me. I, yeah, I, I don't know what the sense is. I get the sense he's very intelligent. He has a very cultured background. As a matter of fact, in real life, I think he's closer to Jameson. Then because, his, yes, right. I think that's right. You know, with his yeah. um, his really interesting lectures and then performances, and one man plays about particular artists. Right, and, right, that's so true. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what that's yeah, he's about. A, he is a puzzling figure. Um, but, okay, so now... So there's the education that didn't work. Uh, yes. And, and then he does a really bizarre con where Jameson now... He's got to, like, get rid of this woman now. Right. Like, They've gotten everything that they can get. Well, he's also her. promised to marry her, apparently. And also that. Okay. And he's clearly not moving out of his villa to marry this woman in Alabama or wherever the fuck. Right. <laughs> Maybe Texas. Uh, 
So he says, well, I've got to introduce you to my brother. I can't even remember the name my of the My brother character. goes everywhere with me. And Steve Martin plays a... a I guess in the 50s you would have called him an imbecile. Yes. Like, well, he is playing right. a character that is clearly deficient right. in some way. And emotionally disturbed as well. That's true. And it's... I mean... I guess the mental health community probably is not a huge fan of this particular scene. Right. It's fucking funny, it's though. As a person funny. who has her own mental, like, right. and I get, like, this is not reality. It's not reality, audience, though. The, Nothing no that they this table, do right? is, so, yeah. We're not going to criticize. The, nothing that they do it is fixated in even a prism of reality. Like, everything they do is Nigerian prince-level ridiculousness. So this doesn't feel offensive to me because it's their fucking skewed-ass version of this thing. At no point is it made out to be that he is um, developmentally disabled or that he's handicapped. It just simply seems to be that he's eccentric to a bizarre extreme and possibly violent. And possibly violent, yes. <laughs> and weird has really weird emotional development issues. Yes. He hugs one of the women and just refuses to let her go and she's yeah. trying to get away from so him. So developmentally disabled, but not in like right. a... Not like in a, a mocking way. Learning a, way. Yeah, right. it's, it's like I said, it has no analog to... The like he world. doesn't say, this is my autistic brother. Like he right. he's not labeling him in any way just like this is my brother and we're a package deal and then steve martin acts in the way any way he can to make that package so right. unappealing that this woman will it's like leave. she cannot well th- that's it they they don't want to spend the rest of their life if this guy's attached right and that leads to I it's think, a bana- it's a banana scene the dining room scene that you <laughs> which is very funny he's eating with what a cork Attached to his fork or yes, something attached to his fork. He's got so an eye himself. patch for no reason because right. we know that a scene ago he did not have an eye patch and at one point he, he flips it the up. Eye patch, right. So that you can see the fact that his eye is he's perfectly He's sitting fine. on the floor. I think, I feel like maybe not because then they'd all be sitting on the floor. It felt mm-hmm. like he was sitting on a pillow on the floor, but that can't be right because he was definitely at table height. Right. But, but it's like his head is above the table. It's not yes. really like there's much, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's it's a very strange leads, and very funny scene, right. and he is successful. There's in a there there's a punchline to that that I don't want to give away because yeah, it's, it's I mean kind of surprising. This is the only scene that from this I'd uh, seen this scene before or I that piece of it. Right, his piece of it specifically what right. you're talking about. Um, I had seen that in like a Steve Martin retrospective mm-hmm. thing, um, because it's fucking memorable. Right. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yellow is good. This movie is good. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, so what happens after that is uh, um, Jameson, then after the successful con, is splitting up the money, but he doesn't give any he gives, to... He's like, this is for the overhead, this is for you, this is for you, and the rest is for me. And Steve right. Martin's like, well, where's mine? And I'm like, motherfucker, you're an apprentice. You don't get paid. And that's basically what Jameson All says. All interns get paid. They do, however, as we've learned... Get screwed. So that's exactly what happens to him. Uh, yeah. And so 
that's not going to fly for very long. And no. so they end up Because he's not in it for, he's, he's not in it to learn anything. He's in it for the money. And he keeps insisting yeah. that he can do this without uh, the fancy clothes and without right. the polish. And then they're like, okay, well, let's make a bet. Mm-hmm. And the first person to con $50,000 out of a selected mark mm-hmm. wins. And the other one has to leave this town. Now, Steve Martin balks at $50,000 because right. he's used to getting he's like used to getting two like, grand or right. whatever. He's not looking at the he big, big money. Very small time. And short um, con, small time. Then they hear a woman fall in, in the hotel and they look and they see Janet Colgate, a Native Amer- a naive American. Native American. No, <laughs> my naive eyes American. seem a little fuzzy and my writing is, yeah. So, a naive American heiress. And they say she's the soap queen. Yeah. Um, but they don't elaborate on what that is. And they're like, that's her. And Michael Caine balks a little bit because she's young. She's probably, I put her at like 26, maybe. Yeah, uh, she's young and she is kind of adorable because she's just helpless. And so she's the perfect mark for them. Um, at least that's what we think in the beginning. Yeah. And so she's in the casino and uh, Michael Caine goes to meet her basically the same way that he met the first woman that we saw him mm-hmm. with sitting down at the, uh, they're playing roulette, which he all don't. Um, and he just, he copies her bet in like this little flirtatious way. And then here, and they, they don't see Steve Martin anywhere. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's got his men looking out. And no, he hasn't, he hasn't shown yet. We haven't seen him. And then he just like, it doesn't creak, but it feels like it should like squeak, squeak, right. squeak. He rolls up in a full military uniform, American military uniform. But he's not possibly old enough to have earned all those medals. That's true. It's got a it's lot of ridiculous. shiny brass. And he's in a wheelchair. And he like he has more brass wedges in the band. himself in between the two excuse of them. Excuse me, excuse me, could you place this could you help me place this bet? And as he you pulls can see, it's very hard for me to reach. The exact same con as the prince's ring, only using like a purple heart. I don't know what the, the metal is yes. that he puts on the Yes, he does. So And then it's utterly shameless and in such bad taste. And again, like a lot of the movie. Yeah, the, this whole bit right. of Steve Martin that he has to stay in this character, because we're going to stick with this trilogy for a little while, that he has to stay in this character, I hate. Because yeah. I hate this character that he is being for right. her so But that's much. kind of what, that's sort of... I'm and, just and like, again, this guy. For some reason, it's not, it works as comedy rather than being offensive, although it is offensive. Yes. Because. Stolen Valor. <laughs> At the very least, right. we've got, we've got Stolen Valor happening. such a jerk. Yeah. That, and his story is like so His story horrible. is so dumb. So he has not been wounded in the war. That is not his story. And he does not no, tell not that story. Why he he's is, in full uniform, I don't know. He is. Well, right. Well, because you have to be. You have to dress as a t- in a tux. If you don't right. have a tux, this is the next best thing. Um, he. Loved dancing with his fiance, and then his fiance, he caught his fiance dancing horizontally with the. With Danny Terrio, and which, what makes that Which even is a funnier, joke that I don't get because is that I don't He was the host is. of a program called Dance Fever. That's what he says. In the post disco age, there okay. was like. There was a disco craze. Like, like, like a Soul Train type right. show. It was a disco That's craze, the one I know. and there was like a dance contest, Dance Fever, and Danny Terrio 
who is one of the choreographers for Saturday Night Live. Okay. And apparently, in real life, a, a notorious horn dog. Oh, fun. Um, but I mean, that's who that's who slept with up. his wife. And when right. he saw that, his legs stopped working. Right. They're totally numb, <laughs> and he can't dance ever Which again. Is, I mean, lonely heart, right. lonely, lonely feet have got no rhythm. So right. he's, his lonely feet have got no feeling. So and that's he, he what needs he is. Fifty thousand dollars. Yes. It's or, a nice round number for for treatment with Doctor Emil Schiffhausen. Schiffhausen. In Liechtenstein, um, and she's like, "I'm gonna get you that surgery. We can, or that that treatment. We're, we'll get you that treatment." And then, because they, he said all that shit out loud, yeah. Michael Caine sets himself up to be that doctor in this hotel. In a on really vacation. clever way. It was it's really a very, funny. it's a very smart way. Like she's going down to mail a letter, and then she, he has one of the henchmen come in. Like looking for him, paging with, him, paging him, basically. So she is like, "Oh, oh I've discovered him all on my own, and he did not you know, suddenly appear in the hotel." Yep. It was, a, and then his counter to the yeah. original con is, "I will take him for treatment, but he is, he is so far gone right now mm-hmm. that you have to give the money directly to me. You can't give it to him, right? Because he can't be trusted with it." And then he proceeds to treat Steve Martin like dirt <laughs> well, for one of the twenty-five scenes, minutes. Is it? I guess it's um, one of those wire flowers, or inside the, the some some sort of support for the, the flowers, a bouquet of flowers that's inside the uh, hotel room. And there's a very funny scene where he takes it out and just beats the hell oh, out of yes, Steve Martin. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you can't feel this. You can't feel this. And he keeps whipping him harder and harder. And then... To the point where he gets a running start for the next one. Right, 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 right. And Steve Martin fucking keeps the He's like, nope. And then he's like, I'll take the case. And then you look at Steve Martin's face like, I'm so happy I'm crying. And he just got tears pouring down his face. It's very good. And then, yeah, he basically is wooing this young woman while going... He needs to see us dance because he'll. That's how he'll right. get over it. He needs to see us having so much fun that he can't that's help himself and that, jumps out of the suit. That's the treatment that we're going the with. The treatment that Doctor Schufhausen. And she goes along with it because she has nothing else to do. Because she's again so wide-eyed and innocent that she falls for. It. Oh, okay, well, if you kiss me, then it'll inspire him to leap out of his chair. Yeah. So in the meantime, Michael Caine is courting her openly yes, in courting. front of. Let's go horseback riding. Let's right. go dancing. Let's go this. Let's go that. And it's all things that he can't do in the chair. So he'll like drag himself along, or like they're horseback riding on a trail. And I'm like, did they put him in a cart or something? Right. And no, it's just him in his wheelchair falling <laughs> right. along behind them. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous. And finally. Um. Then there's this back and forth of Freddy is trying to use his stolen valor to get right. other soldiers on his side. Like, you know, I think she might really care for me, but I just don't have a chance with him because he's always in the room. And they're like, we'll put him on a fucking plane. <laughs> and so I'm like, are they going to kill him? <laughs> that sounded very nefarious. Very sinister. And he ends up getting... Lawrence or Michael Caine out of the way and then they go back to his room and 
like he declares love for her and like is like I'm miraculously standing. Um, like this is and again he this is Freddie. This is Freddie. Yes, this is Steve Martin. It's yeah. like I can stand. I can. I my your love has has brought me around or whatever. And then it turns out that Lawrence was there the whole time, and he's like, "You're cured." <laughs> and then he uh. Uh, Steve Martin's like, how are you not on a fucking plane right now? He's like, I was actually in the military ticket. <laughs> the Royal Naval Reserve, and yeah. so he, he, I guess, I don't know. There's a constant turnover between yeah, the two. Where of like, I'm going to get him, and then nope, you didn't get me, but I'm like going to get you. watching two guys trying to get the upper hand and, you know, outdo each other, but the tools that um, Freddie's using are so poor. <laughs> like, yeah. He should have stuck with the education he was getting. And then Lawrence finds out that Janet is not an heiress. Right. She's a contest she winner. has just won this soap contest. Which is why she was the And so they've given queen. her a, 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 an all-expenses-paid trip to Europe. But she, and she got fifteen thousand or fifty thousand dollars from it. But she's not a rich woman. Like that's no, new she, information. Right. So then Michael Caine's character, well, Jameson, becomes very kind of touched because he only goes after specific marks, specific corruptible, corrupt right. women. And she has not been corruptible, and she isn't corrupt. Like, she right. is going to... He's like, well, how are you going to get this $50,000? And she's like, I'm just having my dad liquidate all my, say, all my, you know, all right. my winnings and, and selling a few things, or whatever. And he's like, you're going to give up everything you have for this guy that you don't even know? Yeah. And she goes, well, yeah. And then he's like, oh, we can't take our money. And he's kind she of... She is good. He is smitten with her in this very kind of cute way. I like, think he's like... I've never met anybody good. Right. <laughs> like I feel like that's what it is. Like where where he hangs out, which is like a Monaco um ring. Yeah. It feels like like rich people right. go there to spend huge amounts of money in the casinos and be on the beach and stroll around yeah. sometimes. And, but um uh and so he's like I'm calling everything off right. and Freddie's like uh uh-uh. Instead, he wants to change the bet to, well, if we can't take our money, let's get that pussy. Like, that's basically... <laughs> well, he's saying that for himself because Jameson is, seems to be too utterly refined right. and genuinely and he's like, to do it. Uh, then let's make it who can win her. Right. And he's like, what do you mean win her? And I'm like, motherfucker, you know what he means. <laughs> and he's like, well, no, I'm not going to... Here's the bet that I will make. She's not going to sleep with you because someone like her wouldn't sleep with someone like you. Right. And Steve Martin's like, I'm going to get it. Because he is such a stud that women (laughs) will just follow his feet. Uh, Yeah. And then she's there in the hotel and he's there in the hotel, Steve Martin. And she's like, I do love you. But Michael Caine has tried to put her on a plane and send her Mm -hmm. away. Right. But apparently nobody stays on the plane that you put them on in this movie. No. Like (laughs) all romantic comedies. So... She comes back to Freddie's room and is like, I do love you and I do want to, like, I want to be with you or whatever. And and then you see her, like, oh, can you turn off the light? Oh, can you close the door, the window? And then fade and we're out and we're, it's the next day or whatever. 
and um well then, she comes up to Jameson and announces that she's been taken for all the money that she had that that's right Freddie he's has taken. like he hears that it happened and it's mm-hmm. like I was fucking wrong I was wrong and right. I guess I gotta go um yeah and sh- instead of Freddie showing up to gloat Janet shows up and it's like I thought I loved him but how could I know? Right. He took all my shit. <laughs> like he took everything I had. And Lawrence is like, "Oh, well, I le- I will replace what you had." So she ge- he gives her fifty thousand right. dollars. At which point I'm like, "Oh, shit's going down. Shit is going down right now." And he's like, "I'll take you to the plane, and you know, I will. I'll keep him away from you and." You know, he'll never darken your door again or whatever, or your doorstep again. And then she gets on a plane and he sets up to try and get Freddie arrested. Right. Uh, And Janet's boarding the plane. She gives the bag back. She's like, I can't take this. I'll take the trip out of here because I, you know, I can't stay here, but I can't take your money. And she flies away, and then the police arrive with Freddie, who's is he wearing a towel or something? Yes, like he's, he's not, he, he was in the any, shower, right. I think, is the when he got scooped, which is what it seems like bathrobe maybe. And he's like, "You scoundrel," or whatever. He doesn't say that, but and Freddie's like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> she took all of my shit," <laughs> and. He's like she. He's like she didn't steal from you because I just gave her a bunch of money. Right. Like she didn't have money. I gave her fifty thousand dollars, and he goes, and she gave it back to me. So she's not a thief, right? And he's like, did she really give it back to you? And he opens up the briefcase and knew, knew she did not give it back to him. There's a note in there um, that says uh, something like, "It's been fun, boys," and right. she signs up the jackal. So the jackal is a lady, which that newspaper article would have said. If they knew anything, I think the impression is that. How would you? You'd have to if if you knew that there was uh a con artist, you'd have to have talked to some people who are con. They should be able to tell you. Unless, of course, they felt so stupid they didn't give any details or something. Maybe I mean that would be another way of seeing it. But yeah, she's. Although we only ever see her with dudes later, and I'm Uh like, did you all presume that this? The all of these marks were gay and didn't want to tell you about it. It would be easier mm-hmm. to presume this was a woman. I don't know. It's so weird. Maybe because uh, I'm. I don't think she's conning ladies. Because I think ladies are going to look at her and be like, uh, "No." Or maybe it maybe depends. older women. No, but I think see she her could because daughter. if we see, I mean, so she leaves them behind, and Steve Martin is angry. Michael Caine is tickled. Michael Caine is in love with this right. woman. She's like, he's like, if I thought I loved her when I she, right. I thought she was innocent, he loves it's her even more. tripled now. Because so she's like, he's like, she's fucking genius. Like, everything that she did was dead on. She never broke. Mm-hmm. And that couldn't be said for either of them. Right. Um, yeah. No, I think she, but, he, he, I think he respects her game a whole lot. So in the final scene of the film, 
Um, it's a week later, and... Is it a week? I didn't know yeah, how long it was. Freddie and Jameson are parting company. Jameson's going to shut down the villa for the season, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess the, the high season of which ladies right. has passed, and so... And so it's time for him to shut up part of the, the house because it's too expensive to maintain or something. And they're visited by Janet again. Only this time, she's a real estate developer with a bunch of wealthy Greeks together who are looking to invest land in Australia. And she doesn't give anyone any warning. She just shows up and she's doing a lot with her eyes. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to need you to work with me on this, boys, because there's money to be had. And he's, yeah, she's like, you know... I guess this guy, does he want to buy an island? He wants to buy... Or just land. Land in Australia. I and think then she talks is. him into, or, she, you know, yeah, he mentions Australia, and she's like, I know somebody Australian. And then, of course, Michael Caine, with the Australian accent, introduces right. himself. And, excuse me. And they're going to go in together. And she says, you know, uh-huh. I made $3 million last year. Year 50,000 was the most fun I had. Right. Like, it was the best. So so she runs off arm and arm. Oh, and she does go. She does go. Oh, and this is his right hand man. Totally valuable and great. Too bad he's a mute. Steve Martin can't talk, which is fucking perfect because because his character for the last little while has been such dog shit. (laughs) I'm just like. Yeah, if I were you, I wouldn't want to hear his voice for a while either. I thought that was super funny. Well, he's also stupid enough to give everything away by complete accident. or Typically, as he's been doing all through the film, just overdo it to the extent to where... He's a useful tool, but he's by no means a mastermind. He's a useful tool, but he's still a tool. (laughs) And I'm very sad because... This could have been like a super awesome franchise. Like I would have watched a new one of these movies every couple of years. That would be hysterical to see what they pulled over and what kind. Because it's yeah, them as a threesome. Yeah, for the con movie is like a heist movie in that it's all about the planning and where the plan goes wrong and where the plan goes right. For sure. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. I really, I didn't know what to expect from it. I expected it to be good. I didn't expect it to be as much fun as this. It was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah, they're really all of them. Are yeah. all into their performances, which is, is important right. in something like this. It's like you're not sure at any point if she's telling the truth or if she's lying. And the further the story goes on, you start realizing these two guys are important. And she's well, as much soon as smarter. I was a little bit yeah. like, because the first time we see her, she is on the ground. She has fallen. Right. And she's gathering her stuff up with a bunch of attendants helping her. And I'm like, that's really a move that I feel like a, a female con artist would use. Like, right. I need the people who think that I am a weak bird to be helped. Let me just see who those people are by just doing that. I just thought it was an interesting thing, and I was like, uh, but I did not call it. I did not think, you know, the, the whole movie I was like, she's conning them. I, I, I didn't. But I did think, she's not an heiress. Right. Like, I knew that wasn't true. I just didn't know why. I thought she was really, yeah, the, everyone's performance was spot on, and yeah. they were really, really, really good. They, uh, and it moved at just the right pace. The death of a movie like this is when somebody isn't pulling their weight. Yeah. And when it's not moving at such a speed that you don't have to think too hard about That's the other what thing. doesn't it work. It goes and goes and goes, and then it's done. Right. Like and it, there's an awful, like any screwball comedy from back in the day, there's so much plot per minute of film 
you know? Yeah. And that's, but also not that much plot. Like, you could sum up this movie in five sentences. Well, I can understand that, but what I mean is that there's a lot going on. You know, yes. there's so many bits, there's so many set pieces that they're doing, you know, the whole beating on the legs or the, the crawling at the beach when he's, you yeah, know. They, they, montage heavy. This movie has more right. montages than any non-rom-com I've ever seen. Right. Because the montage is firmly at home in the romantic comedy, and you don't see them that much outside of them. Don't see them in horror movies at all, but that's (laughs) that destroys the tension. Hmm. I feel like Jordan Peele could put a montage in a horror movie. Uh, Depends on the context. Well, I know. That's, yes. (laughs) Of course it does. Well, I'm just going, otherwise (laughs) I can't imagine how that would work. Here's another body being chopped up. No, that's not right. Actually, there was a montage in I think Lars Henry von Portrait of a Serial movie Killer. Is a montage of There's, death. What's that? I think the new Lars von Trier movie um, seems like a full montage of but, death. Yeah, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I think has a montage. That's a of movie death I have not brought myself to watch. Um, I got about fifteen minutes in. And I'm like, no, this is not for me. No. Give it a miss. No, yeah, I just I that's not my kind of thing and. Serial killers aren't particularly frightening to me anyhow. So, yeah, no, anyhow, you can kick them in the knees. There we go. <laughs> it's like so can't kick a ghost in the knees. That scares me. So, oh, Shirley Jones played the female character in the Marlon Brando David Niven version, which and she's adorable. She is. That's a good choice, actually, because right. she could bat her enormous eyes at you and make you think, oh, everything's. I need to save her. This is, you know, that's the thing. You've got to have a woman who. You want to save, like right. that's the whole. And then she has to sort of switch her. gears too, which is pretty. Yeah, yeah, funny. yeah. No, I think that she was very, very good in this. Super fun. This movie is super fun. Well, thank you for showing it to me because I just, I, you know, we've, we've been, we've been doing some weird subjects lately. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is this was nice. Peek behind the curtain. Where, where, um. About to. What am I saying? We are recording this week's episode uh-huh. before last week's episode because we had to record last week's movie after. It's complicated. I'm going out of town on the weekends. Anyways, we haven't watched The Deer Hunter yet in life, but you have heard us get through it. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So it's going to be an interesting kind of back and forth in time since. Well, I mean, we did at the beginning of the show. It's, yeah. It's going to be all over the place. But I'm not looking forward to The Deer Hunter. Not well, that I no, doubt you're anyway. not. Right now you're looking backwards at The Deer Hunter. No, no, Hunter. I mean... We can't. Seem... I don't want to talk about it because we already talked about the whole movie right, okay, <laughs> in the last episode. Um, yeah, it's useless to talk about the apprehension I'm about to have. I think we're going to watch an animated film, y'all. It's um, sort of... It's sort of time relevant. It's sort of seasonally appropriate. Well, I mean, yes, it is seasonally appropriate. Passover. Well, it's not Passover, dude. Well, but it'll <laughs> we're be four months from Passover. Passover <laughs> is closer than no Christmas is closer than Passover. Yes, Christmas okay. is the closest. I'm not exactly why this I'm is a Bible Easter. story, but it is not Jesus's story. No, it's not Jesus's story. It's pre-Jesus. No, I think we should watch a Prince of Egypt. Make you watch You've Got Mail. I've seen that movie too many times. It'd be real cheating for me. Uh, do you have any recommendations? Like a seasonal favorite? Fucking maybe recommend The Muppet Christmas Carol. There we go. I'm about to recommend, <laughs> recommend The Muppet Christmas Carol. 
And I would also add the Muppet Treasure Island. In fact, I would recommend just Does the Muppet movies Treasure with the Island Muppets. have Gina Davis in it, or am I getting it confused no, with that con- weird bad um, Gina Davis movie? There's a weird Gina Davis movie called like the lowest Cutthroat Island. Yes, it's like got like the lowest income of any major studio uh, yeah, film I think of it all made 50 time. Bucks. Or like that. I don't know exactly what the issue is. I kind of want to see it to see if it's really that bad. Because there's sometimes where Nothing's something that <laughs> does not catch on with the audience, yeah. and it winds up being The Wizard of Oz or right, no, that's something, true. and so that happens a lot. So that's not the movie we were talking no, no. about. We're talking we're about talking Muppet thing. There's a Muppet Treasure Island with Tim Curry. That's right. Uh, but I would highly recommend finding a movie with Muppets in it, except maybe for the last Muppet movie they did. I've heard it wasn't very good. Oh, I didn't see We never saw it. We should see it. Wait. I I didn't see the the sequel to the Muppet movie. I also didn't of, see the Happy Time Murders. Happy Time Murders. Is I didn't see the last I I two Muppet movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you didn't want to watch that because there was silly string jizz no, if you were right out. I know. <laughs> no, but I really did. I I recommend those two films in particular. There's a lot of Muppet. Watch any movie. Okay, any movie the Muppets. Watch Dark Crystal. Watch um, Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Which is really neat. I want to tell you a thing. I don't okay. know if I'm going to leave this in the in the show, but okay. Ben, the co-host of Back to the Futurama, just uh-huh. finished a first season of an album called or a, a podcast called Any Album You Like, where with a bunch of people they would watch The Wizard of Oz and uh-huh. sync it up with an an any album. <laughs> that was the that was the conceit of the show. Okay. So every every show had a different album synced up. All right. His second season, he just um, announced, Labyrinth has the same runtime as The Wizard of Oz and very similar sort of themes. Oh. So um, he's doing, his second season is going to be watching Labyrinth. Some of them are going to be reprises, the same albums as the first season, Uh and some of them are going to be new albums. So I love it. I think this is such a good idea. (laughs) I just think it's really That's, interesting. Yeah, I wonder how I've never works. watched anything synced up with anything. I have um, submitted myself to do this with him next season, so I'm hopeful. So what is it, how does it work? What do you mean? I mean, syncing it up. You, you're watching... You watch them and listen to them at the same so, time. So you're going to turn off the soundtrack for one. I don't know if you turn it off or listen to it in tandem. Okay. I think what I would probably choose to do is play the music out loud and watch it on closed captions. Right. That's probably what I would do. Right. But I don't know. I'd ask. I haven't listened to I'm terrible because I this show sounds so good and I haven't listened to it yet. My podcasts are very bad. Well, you have to yeah, you have to catch up. That's I have thing. like 350 in my queue. Uh-huh. Episodes of things. That's many days worth of Maybe we should talk about our favorite Christmas movies. That might be an interesting conversation, too. Do you want to do that? Well, we can. I mean, there's so many of them, and I don't really... Let's, when we talk next week about Mm -hmm. the Prince of Egypt, let's have a segment about Christmas films. Okay. And y'all, because hot takes are my jam, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Die Hard is a movie that takes place at Christmas. Um, Christmas movies are thematically similar to one another. Die Hard is not thematically similar to Christmas movies. That is the end of my TED talk. <laughs> I 
I'm going to have to think that one over. We'll think it over. It'll be like, it, it's how you define your terms. Mm -hmm. Do you define zombies as the dead come back to life? Right. Or do you define zombies as any n human that doesn't have control of their own body? Okay. Be it due to okay, virus so or words, sickness. And is 22 weeks later a zombie 20, film? 28. 28 days later. 22 days later? 28 days later. I'm not good at math. 28, so, 28 days later. All right. So is that a zombie film? Is The Crazies by the same right. notion as a zombie film? Right. Or I Walked with a Zombie, which is a film about actual zombies. Actual zombies. So big. Actual zombies. Actual zombies. So that is, I mean, th we've got to define our terms. But yeah, let's have a, hol uh -huh. next week we'll have a holiday right. uh, movie, or specifically Christmas movie. Okay. Because we don't want to perpetuate the war on... Well, it's also Thanksgiving is a hard one too. Well, I mean, yeah. Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, because I cannot think of anything. Okay, so that's going to do it for us this week with my sadness at the end. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, please uh, email us at uh, latecomerspod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter. At Latecomers Pod. My mule has a book, perfect for stocking stuffing. And perfect for Christmas Eve ghost stories. Well, you can't do both of what I said, so or what, what I said and he said. So maybe get two copies. Get two copies. One <laughs> That's available at Amazon. It's called Sealing Night, S E E L I N G N I G H T. And um, next week, in addition to our Christmas movies, no. Yes? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know where this, this is going, so I can't agree should with Should we tell? Should we finalize our season four next week or the following week? Probably the following week. Okay, never mind. Uh, delete everything I just said. Okay, and we appreciate you very much. We hope you are all staying reasonably warm and reasonably dry, dry. and are eating plenty of Christmas cookies and other types of cookies. Cookies in general. And, yep, we thank you very much. And remember, better, better late, late than, than never. never. Oof, the ending. <laughs>